When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Michael and Kevin Bacon bring their band the Bacon Brothers to Ram's Head in Annapolis, Maryland from April 6th through 8th, and the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia from April 11th and 12th. We spoke about their folk rock soul country sound, as well as growing up in Philadelphia, and even did a fun rapid fire through Kevin's most famous movie roles. Hey, Michael and Kevin Bacon, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. How are you? Good. Nice to be here. When did you guys get back out on the road? The last two years have been absolutely insane with the pandemic, but uh, how did you spend the pandemic? When did you get back out there? Yeah, it was, um, we had a, I guess this this would have been the summer two years ago. We had a bunch of uh, shows um, canceled and we sort of laid low. And at the same time, it was a great opportunity to um, do, you know, get back to writing and producing and that kind of stuff. So um Luckily, as we're getting back on the road now this spring, we have a, a, a LP coming out of, of five songs. So timing is everything. So we'll see what happens. What's tell me about the 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 new LP because I know you guys did the way we love in 2020. But what's what's the new collection of five songs? Uh, you know, it's it's uh, some stuff that kind of uh, jumped out um, over the uh, pandemic. Um, and uh you know i mean we're like a songwriter band so uh to have new new songs to to play and share with people is is uh it's really what we're all about so it's 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 really fun it was they were fun songs to work on and um we were we were in the studio with the last record on the day when it seemed like the world shut down i think we were in the studio on march 13th or something like that and uh uh, you know, we started looking at the news and, you know, we'd been starting to hear about everything that was going on. And, and, and that was, um, uh, we were just finishing up the, the, the record that came out, uh, I guess, last year. So um, some of this stuff that we recorded, uh, the new stuff has been done fairly remotely, just because that's kind of been the nature of making music. Um, but we're, we're excited to start playing again and start playing in front of people. Funny you said March 13th. That's that's today's date. Two years ago to the day is when the world oh stopped. Oh, wow. Good point. Right. <laughs> but wow. um, it, you were in ever. studio at the time. Wow. Um, well, I would love do I would love to do a little bit of a deeper dive into those into those new songs. Do you, do you have a, a, a you know a song title or two within that new five songs that, that you want to talk about? Like just the the writing of one of them. Well, the single is going to be in memory of when I cared and. Um, this was kind of an interesting story. Our drummer uh, was doing a gig. I think it was at Lincoln Center with Desmond Child, who is a uh, mega songwriter, um, 
yeah, starting with La Vida Loca, and he wrote a whole bunch of Bon Jovi songs and Aerosmith. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a giant. And um, so our drummer was talking to him and, and suggested that maybe we, the three of us, would get together and write. And um, we did. And it was kind of a new experience. It was very, very contemporary style of writing. We, uh, Desmond had a bunch of tracks done by a track guy out in L.A., and we just kind of picked the track and he also had a whole bunch of titles and we picked the title and we just cranked it out. And, um, it's very different than anything. Wouldn't you say, Kev, any different than anything we've ever cut before? I think it's the most contemporary sounding piece we've ever done. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's also sure. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's different. It's new. Um, and, uh, it was also a real different kind of style of songwriting than we're used to, but but really fun, and we're really happy with the with the song. Nice, thanks for taking me into that. Now I know, and I'm familiar with your stuff because we've actually interviewed you guys a couple times on this station. But in case some of our listeners maybe haven't heard your music before, um, you know, maybe they just know Kevin from your movies, etc. If they haven't heard your stuff, tell them about your sound because I know that first record was for how do you say it for a for Ahsoka folks from <laughs> country. <laughs> you're Is that how you still it the old college try there, man? I, I'm trying, uh, man. <laughs> The Animal House yeah, try, right? Yeah. Uh, could, could you, uh, could, could you, is that how you'd still describe your sound? Or tell them how you'd describe your sound. Well, I called it Foro Soko, which was folk rock soul country, just because, you know, the idea that you kind of go in and uh, pick up a, a, a genre is always a little frustrating, I guess, you know, just because people want to just, you know, put you in a bin. So it's, 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 it's hard. I mean, I, I think that our songs, honestly do kind of go all over the map between um you know kind of more leaning more to folk leaning more to a rock leaning more toward soul and you know a little bit of country thrown in there too you know i mean it's um you know i i i think that the the, the thing is is that i've tried to kind of put put you know my finger on why this happens to be and i think there's a few things one is that there's two songwriters in the band so so uh my brother's sensibility and my sensibility while they're really like aligned in a lot of ways there's also kind of certain differences also between the members of the band uh there's a lot of different instrumentation um there's a lot of people that play a lot of things and so you know when it comes so it's not like we just write the songs and it's going to be you know bass guitar drums and vocal um there's you know all kinds of different stuff that we're going to throw on there and i think the third thing is that we 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 dictate the sound of the recording not by the sound of the band but by what what the writer feels the song would work for the song you know so if, if somebody hears something is a little bit more of a rock thing or a little bit more of a pop thing or a little bit more of a uh, folky thing um that's that's the that's the direction that the song's going to be in as opposed to plugging the song into our specific sound very cool and thanks for helping with my butchered for Soko. <laughs> well, it would be a great Quite marketing right. campaign to uh name our first album something that was totally unpronounceable and gosh it worked great it's brilliant it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> now we've in a previous time we spoke um michael you said your 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 
favorite song, or if, if you were put on the spot to pick one at least, what you, you threw out only a good woman, and Kevin, you said 36 cents. Would that still be it, or are there any others that you think you, that have surpassed that for you each? Oh, many. Uh, those, those, <laughs> those, those are some old old songs, man. <laughs> well, what yeah, would it be now? What would it be now? I got to say well, off the new, the new CD, Kevin wrote a song called Dark Chocolate Eyes, which is just gorgeous uh and um i don't know it's just got a it's got a vibe to it that we've i don't think we've ever had before and uh we've got a, well, song a lot of that wrote, vibe is your cello playing because yeah uh, it's, I, it's, a, it's a song that really didn't <laughs> didn't didn't really you know kind of beg for cello but um it was you know it worked that well and then i have a song that um i resurrected from a an old movie soundtrack I wrote an instrumental and wrote a song above it called let me happen to you girl. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, um, I'm not known as being like Mr. Happy songwriter, but, um, (laughs) I'm not known at all probably, but, um, it's a very happy song. You know, it's, it's, my wife really likes it. It makes her smile. So, um, excited about that. And we're going to open the set with it. And, uh, Kevin has a song called Arado, which is really neat and uh interesting and i'm playing auto harp on that so we have another instrument to bring into the band um and what else we got what else we uh um uh, you know uh, I, I love playing this this um it's 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 a it's a song that uh that i wrote for michael to sing which is a song called picker which is a, a lot of fun which is off the, the last record and it's just a really fun song to play because it really is really is basically a straight up kind of um country song but it's about um mike when he was a kid so so like it's really fun for me to write about that and then sit back and watch him sing it and also have to play it because it's pretty it's a pretty hard it's a pretty has to be pretty complicated picking on it and 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 things things that in my wildest dreams i wouldn't be able to do so that's that's always kind of uh yeah that's fun. that's a lot fun of fun play you said it's called picker Picker, yeah. Yeah, Picker. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, you mentioned growing up. Remind our listeners really quick about how, you know, growing up in, I guess, downtown in Philly, um, you were born, what, like, uh, what, nine, seven, eight, nine years apart, something like that, but big family, six kids, you know, just take, take them into sort of those early, early days together and, you know, both of you getting into music as kids. Well, when I was being nine years older, when I, uh, my, our parents, moved the whole family right into downtown Philadelphia. They were, um, they wanted to live in the city and bring up a family in the city for um, a a lot of different reasons than most people would. And one was um, they didn't believe in the suburbs. They thought that, you know, the city was where uh, families should be. And my father was the city planner of Philadelphia. So he not only um, believed in that, he did it. And for better or for worse, we were all raised on the mean streets of Philadelphia. And um, we had a household that was valued creativity amongst the most important things in life. And uh, they didn't care much about academics or sports, but um, music, dancing, acting, art, um, theater, all that kind of stuff was was what we were, um, you know, what they presented for us. 
Very cool. And then I know the act. So you were, you know, writing songs and stuff, playing with each other for years. And then the actual Bacon Brothers as an official entity was like, uh, I guess, formed in like 95. So how did that actually come together? I know Kevin, you know, were a big movie star at that point by then. But how did the how did you guys decide to, you know, double back and, and pick up the music thing together? Well, I mean, Michael was very much <laughs> off on a music career. I mean, he was making a his his living from from writing songs and and we you know, had tried to write a few um, together, and it's just kind of a natural extension that if you write them, you sort of want to uh, play them. And a friend of ours from Philly um, said, "Why don't you guys?" He had heard a demo. We demoed probably I don't know four or five songs that we had had lying around for a few years, and he heard it and said, "Why don't you uh, call yourselves the Bacon Brothers and come down to Philadelphia and do a show?" So we really just put put it together for this one show. And my brother said, uh, we're going to get a bass player and a percussionist and you're going to play guitar. And I was like, well, I'm not playing the guitar. I can't play guitar in front of people. And he said, well, we have to have another guitar player. So um, I kind of, you know, started woodshedding, as we said, you know, tried to learn that at least the songs that were going to be in our set. And then, uh, you know, that that show turned to another show. Uh, somebody else asked us to come play someplace and uh so it was a really very very small kind of uh, grassroots beginning it wasn't as though uh you know i woke up and said hmm this is something i want to do with my life you know I, uh, we just um it, it just kind of evolved in a really kind of organic way i think very cool very cool uh, all right, cool. Well, um, as always, I'm, I'm getting the the go home message from you know the the powers that be. So <laughs> I, I kept my my personal promise to myself. I would keep it mostly about the music. But in the final seconds, do you guys mind doing some movie rapid fire? I'll, I'll throw out a, a a movie, and and you can tell me either you know a phrase or one word uh, memory of it really quick. Um, okay. I'll do my I, best. And, and I'll keep it organized by saying which one, I guess. So, Ke Kevin, Animal House. Just lost Ivan Reitman, but Animal House. Yeah, yeah, sad, sad news about Ivan, um, who I am very grateful for, for giving me my first job in the movies. All right, Michael, memories of Kevin in Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, I just saw uh, Friday the 13th Part 8 is out now, and if they hadn't killed him off, he'd probably still be in it. <laughs> uh as a jason i i appreciate that uh, all right <laughs> kevin diner levinson uh yeah i mean that was a really great moment and and that's one of those movies where the memories are so strong that the, that the guys and i still you know uh our last zoom was just in the last like six months and we still stay in touch and and check in with each other and uh uh, we've remained really good friends for a really long time. God, it launched so many careers. All right, Michael, Footloose, when you watched him on screen and that, were you dancing in the aisle like us? Well, if only that, if only the soundtrack could have, you know, gotten out there and been hits, then it would have been better. But, you know, it tried. <laughs> yeah, if, if only Loggins was like the Bacon Brothers. Nah, we're kidding, right. we're kidding. All right, uh, real couple more. Kevin, A Few Good Men. I mean, damn, one of the best courtroom movies ever. I was in it. Yep, that was me. <laughs> you were in it. <laughs> it was one of the. It was one of, one of the. I think it's six or eight jacks that I've played. I, I need to stop playing jacks. Apparently, there's been a lot of them. You're a jack of all jacks. All right, Michael Apollo thirteen. 
Ah, well, just, you know, it's really nice to, that was such a part of history and such an amazing story. And, and it was, the three of those guys were amazing together. All right, and, I got, uh, Kevin got to fly in the vomit comet too, which was, I was very jealous about. Did you vomit? <laughs> I did not. I did not. All right, only time for one more of each. Uh, Kevin, the River Wild. I think one of your more underrated because it's you got to see we got to see you play a, a nasty villain. That and the cast was great. Uh, yeah, love love making it. You know, it was uh, uh, we spent a lot of time in the water, but you know that's that that was uh, it was it was a great great park, great to work with that amazing cast, Merrill and and David and John C. I, I, I adored making that movie. Definitely. It was like our my generation's deliverance. All right. And then I guess Michael will give you the last one. Mystic River, because man, Clint, man, that that is that that is an all-timer. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Uh hey, thanks so much. Again, everyone, it's the Bacon Brothers at Rams Head Annapolis, April 6th to 8th, and Birchmere and Alexandria, April 11th and 12th. So get your tickets now. Thanks so much for doing this. In memory of when I cared. That's coming out soon. So look for it, please. In memory of when I cared. All right, cool. Thanks yeah. so much. Okay, bye-bye. We also spoke to the brothers when they previously played the Birchmere back in 2016. Fellas, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks bye. for having us. This is you guys come to the Birchmere a bunch, right? Uh, why do you why do you guys keep coming back? What what makes it such a special place to play? Well, this is Michael speaking. It's first of all a really really uh, uh, long standing club with a great tradition that was around. I think pretty much when I started in the music business a long time ago, and they've it's just always been a very very solid venue, really good staff, um, great PA. Uh, it just works and they have you know some clubs it's basically the audience is the act whereas the Birchmere is really people who go there they really go there to expect a certain type of performance where there's not a lot of talking when the band's playing and um, I think that we do well in those kind of venues and um, we started out probably started playing there 15 years ago and uh, eventually went to two nights and now we're at three nights so it's it's just been a really successful thing for us, and I think hopefully for the club as well. Awesome, Kevin. You have any any quick thoughts on Birchmere as well? Uh, yeah, no, I think that you know, I just would just echo everything that uh, that Mike said. Um, you know, they they when you come into the club, I don't know if they put little things on the table or or people just spread the word or whatever, but they make it pretty clear that this is a uh, listening room. <laughs> Oh, that's that's what you want at a concert venue. Um, I just think your guys' story is, is so cool. Um, how you you got the brothers, and you've been sort of playing music since you were kids. Um, take me into um, you know where you grew up, how you started playing at a young age. Do you remember the first time you guys you know either either picked up an instrument or a microphone? Well, the in terms of where we grew up, we were in downtown Philadelphia, and it was a tall, five-story, skinny townhouse. <laughs> and there were uh we have four sisters so there's six kids in the family sort of you know coming in and out you know by the time Kevin was born some of my uh older sisters were probably in college <laughs> but it was the kind of house that creativity was encouraged um at, above everything else so painting lessons art lessons dance lessons acting lessons music lessons that's what we got and um Maybe to the loss of other things like, you know, we didn't, my father wasn't into sports and, uh, you know, we didn't go out to dinner a lot. But, you know, when it came to the arts, that's what it was. So 
Um, I was always playing music since I was very young. When Kevin came, I'm nine, nine years older. You know, he was probably banging on a can or something uh, <laughs> when I was singing. And my sister and I had a band, and he used to, you know, be pretty fascinated by that. And when he got older, uh, you know, I bought him a guitar, taught him how to play Hey Jude. And uh, <laughs> later on, he was playing percussion behind me when I was out doing gigs by myself. Um, so that's kind of where it was. And when we put the band together 20 years ago, it was, um, we sort of took a different tack, which we had, to, instead of writing songs for other people to record or, you know, writing songs for Kevin's movies or get rich quick songs, we kind of turned the corner a little bit and, and tended to do songs that were a little more personal. And, uh, so when you come to hear the band, you're basically hearing 90% of songs that we've written over the years. That's awesome. Um, Ting, I mean, I, I have a twin brother myself, so I, I love the idea of like the brother connection. Do you, but uh, I know you guys aren't twins, but did you guys finish each other's sentences growing up? Did you guys fight at all? What, what's sort of the, the brotherly bond that's carried on stage? Well, you know, it's a, it's um, we we didn't we didn't fight. I mean, one of the reasons we didn't fight is because uh, Michael's nine years older than me, and <laughs> so it's you know we're not even uh, you know Irish twins. Um, <laughs> you know, we we. Um, we, you know, it was more the type of thing where uh, I looked up to him as a as a musical influence and a and a teacher and and um, you know we were kind of off. The I Kevin, I think we're losing you. Yeah, I think Kevin got lost. He'll, I'm sure he'll call back. That's okay. Yeah, he'll, if he calls, I mean, you can just go ahead and, and I guess jump off of what he was saying until he calls back. Um, yeah, I mean, what what sort of what was sort of the bond? Did, there was never a, there was never sort of a like oh the the younger brothers trying to tag along. Was it always you know was there any any of that sort of rivalry? Or were you guys always pretty close? No, you know I don't ever remember a time um, when I felt that way. Um, you know I I looked at it more like here's there he is. There yeah, he is. I'm back. All right. Back. <laughs> <laughs> you um, can take it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally looking at a cell tower <laughs> as as we go by, and somehow it disconnects. I don't understand that. Where, um, anyway, where, where are you? We're, I'm driving up to. Uh, we have a show in Vermont uh, okay. tonight. All right. So we're both kind of coming from different places on the road, trying to get up to this uh, gig. Right. We'll blame uh, coming, the Vermont cell tower. So, but go, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were just yeah, you're yeah, just coming from New York. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, so we, I went off and was doing acting, and Michael was um, still playing music and playing in bands. And it, and it wasn't until the 90s that we kind of had this Bacon Brothers uh, thing because what happened was a friend of ours from Philly where we grew up, he heard this demo that we had done of songs that we were hoping to uh, pitch to other artists to get uh, recorded. They were songs that, you know, we, we had written together, but they were not for us to sing. And he said, well, why don't you, you know, call the band of Bacon Brothers and come down to Philadelphia and play a show and I'll promote it. Nice. And, um, so that was really just for that one show. And then, you know, we just, somebody heard the band or called up and we got another one and we did another one and we did another one and then eventually we did a record and it was just kind of like that. Nice. How how do you think the, the, you know, the band, the two of you, musically, how have you guys sort of evolved since those early days in the 90s from then to now? Well, it's, it's, um, it's Michael again. It's, um, it's really dramatic, I would say. Uh, when we did our first gig... Kevin wasn't even playing on playing the guitar because he didn't feel like his skills were up to it. <laughs> um, but I pretty much insisted because we needed to have two guitar players. 
And um, when I looked at those days, even though I'd been in the music business a long time before that, um, I think as musicians, um, both of our skills and craft and musicianship has gone way up over the years. So there goes a 12 o'clock siren. Um, So I'm really happy with that. The band's gotten bigger. um, It's gotten better. The uh, songs are better. um, We're better in the studio. And to me, that's the whole thing is when you do something you love, you you love it, but you also want to make sure you're progressing and and, uh, improving your skills. And I think we are. Definitely. All right. I'm, uh, make each other blush a little bit. Each of you, you know, what, what's the what's the one thing that the other doesn't know um, that that they're so damn good at on stage? Hmm. <laughs> what's what's the thing that the other doesn't know that they're good at? Well, it doesn't. You know, I just want you guys to each you know riff on each other and what makes what makes each other you know complement oh, each other. Well, my, you know, it's one of the things that's kind of fun about the about the show is that um, you know you kind of see two very 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 different kind of personalities that have a very different sort of approach to uh, performing and to life. And my brother is incredibly funny and dry. <laughs> and um, he, he, he doesn't have the, uh, you know, desire to kind of like take up space in the same way that I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's happy to let, you know, the songs kind of speak for themselves. And, 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 he, and he puts, a, you know, kind of... A, uh, energy out there that's kind of more about drawing people into him, and my thing is really about more about shoving my stuff down people's throats. <laughs> <laughs> Take that! <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. Um, what, what what can we expect at the Birchmere? Are there certain songs that you know? I know you have like a devoted following from town to town. Are there certain ones that your most devoted fans would you know sort of kill you if you don't play? Well, we 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 try to we try to mix the setup, and we actually by the time we get to the Birchmere, we'll probably have four new songs, and then we brought back some older things from our earlier CDs that we kind of you know gotten tired of singing, but now we're sort of revisiting them, and it's, that's been a lot of fun. So I think that the people that come to hear us will hear a lot of music that they're familiar with, and of course, a lot of people will be not familiar with any of our music. <laughs> so um, I think I think it's a good mix now, and you know we've been on the road a lot this summer, and we've had chances to, you know, work stuff up and get tightened up. So I I, I think it'll be satisfying to both the older fans and new ones as well. Nice, yeah. Keep the old fans and bring in new ones. Uh, I, a lot of your yeah, a lot of your exactly. guys' songs, yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of your songs have sort of crossed over into into the film world as well. I know Chop Wood, Carry Water was in The Woodsman. When you decided to stay too long was in Red Betsy, and then I know Michael, you scored um, Lover Boy with Kevin and, and his wife. Um, how cool of an outlet is to have sort of you know multiple platforms like that? To I mean, not every band has that, but you guys sort of work it to your advantage. Uh, you know, I guess um, we always would like to have more of that. You know, one of the things that we've uh, you always hope for as a band uh, is that someone will pick, pick some song up and license it. You know, for a <laughs> film or for a um, commercial, and and we've had somebody that uh, various people through the years we've hired that kind of helps with that song placement. But it it just has. I, frankly, I think. With the amount of material that we have, I, I wish I wish that there had been there been more of that going on, um, or you know I mean I wish that people would you know pick up more stuff for films and, and television. But um, it's it's great. I mean when it happens, it's it's cool. And if it happens in an organic way, it's it's good. Actually, we play a song now that um, we reworked 
that was a song we wrote for a movie that I did uh, called Telling Lies in America. And oh, yeah. I don't know who, whose idea it was to uh, drag out uh, the song Live With a Lie. It's kind of, I, I never really even thought of it so much as um, a Bacon Brothers song because mm-hmm. it was kind of written for the band in the movie to play. And they were, they were like a, a uh, early 60s R&B band. Yeah. And uh, and yet the song is the way we're doing it now. It's like one of our favorite things to play. Um, so I, I feel like to answer your question, sometimes it works the other way in that right. that song wouldn't have existed except for the fact that I knew that they were looking for songs for that movie, and and uh, you know, so we, we pulled this one together. Awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to you guys coming to the Birch Bear. It's going to be awesome. Um, uh, I guess from just wrapping up, a final question. Uh, whenever I have sort of uh, big names on here, whenever we, have, we had Joe Walsh do this, we had Spike Lee do this, we, we usually try to end with sort of like a, a rapid-fire word association. If, if you guys are game, uh, I'll maybe throw out a, your movie titles, and, and you guys can go back and forth uh, just the first thing that comes to mind. Each of you take turns answering. Sure. All right. All right. Uh, maybe start with Michael. When you, hear mm-hmm. an, when you hear Animal House. Animal House. Oh, documentary. What'd you say? What'd, what'd you say? Documentary? <laughs> of of you, of you or Kevin or both of you guys? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, I really mean because when I was um, at college, <laughs> I was in a fraternity and there was a house exactly like that, oh, and they were all the misfits, and they were the only house that actually was getting the girls. All the, <laughs> the preppy houses with all the really good-looking frat boys. Then get anything. So to me, it really was. It was uh, it, that that Animal House was on my college campus. Perfect, like all of us. All right, Kevin. Uh, Friday the thirteenth. Arrow through the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Diner. Diner. Um, amazing cast. In fact, um, Steve Gutenberg is my locker buddy. So it's fun, and we talk to, talk you know, about the, that experience. And yeah, it was just it was kind of the first real breakout film that uh, Kevin had. And I remember seeing him on the street and there were people lined up around the block to see it. So that was pretty exciting. Awesome. Kevin, uh, Footloose. I'm sorry, what? Footloose. Uh, Footloose. Um, show me. I'm trying to remember that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what was that movie again? Great song. A great song by Kenny Loggins. All right, definitely. He was just here for the Capital Fourth concert. Uh, all right, Michael, um, A Few Good Men. Uh, just a great story. I love, I love those kind of... Uh, courtroom trial things and it was just you know a lot of really cool stuff about the military and that was a tough part because frankly a marine officer is not exactly who my brother is in real life right right hey thanks guys okay we'll see right, you. Take okay. care. and we spoke a third time when the brothers played the birchmere in 2019 thanks so much for calling in fellas i appreciate it no problem thanks, thanks for having us um, all right, so like we said, it's the Shaky Ground Tour. I know you guys have played the Birchmere a bunch. Um, is what what uh, what are we working with set list wise? If people came to the Birchmere in past years, is this is this stuff from your new your 2018 album, you know, the self titled one, Bacon Brothers, or is there anything new you're mixing in there? You know what what can we hear on the set list? Well, this is Michael yeah, speaking. We yeah, we have. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. No, we have a brand new song coming out tomorrow um, called Play, so that'll be in the set list uh, and. We actually have a pretty thick backlog of stuff that we haven't necessarily worked up yet, but hopefully we can grab some time. We're going to have a rehearsal in July. I hope we can. I'm hoping we can get you know three or four new ones uh, on by the time the tour really gets going. 
Awesome. Do you, tell me a little bit more about Play. You said it's coming out tomorrow. Well, I guess by the time this airs, it'll it'll be fresh, freshly out. Tell me about the song Play. I can't wait to hear it. You know, what's it about? Play is a song about uh, the answer to the question that I get time and time again, which is how do you uh, stay married for so long? And it's a question that, you know, I'm kind of tired of. And sometimes when you people ask you that, they say, it must be a lot of work. You guys must really have to work at it, you know marriage or relationships they're a lot of work and I say eh, not really it's really more about play and uh so that's really what the song is it's a kind of a a funky response to that question so you mean you mean the idea of like you know work and play it's, it's you make sure you play with your partner and more than just work is that what you're talking about exactly okay well exactly so yeah. Kevin so Kevin what's the secret to marriage no I'm just kidding I'm not going to give you that <laughs> <I'm> go- <laughs> Thanks so much for play. distilling that down. Yeah, just play, baby. Uh, talk about the venue itself. So I know you guys said, you know, Michael and I were talking off the air here that you've played there a million times. Um, but uh, what what makes it so cool? Is it the intimacy or, yeah, dish on the venue a little bit? Well, there's a couple of things going on with the Birchmere. First of all, if you have a club that's been around for as long as that has, the audience almost gets trained for what kind of, you know, audience response works in that place. So what you get is a you know a really great listening audience, but also pretty rowdy, and they kind of um, they kind of follow along wherever we want to go. Um, the other thing is it has an amazing sound system, a great monitor engineer, great staff. Food is good. They treat us really well. We're there for three nights, which is which is a real gift being a, when you're touring, because usually you're staying everywhere in one night, but you know if you can stay in the same place for three days, it's really nice. So I, it's just a, I, pretty much the best club I've ever played, and I'm glad they're still doing business, and uh, we're happy to be back there. Awesome. Yeah, it really is a special place to go watch music. Uh, fans in D.C. people are, are really lucky. It's like an old jewel here in town. Um, take exactly. me back Take me back to the beginning. I know, because um, I know your guys' backstory a little bit, but if our listeners, you know, maybe, you know, know you guys from your other work, but maybe maybe haven't been following the band a long time, like, give them, give them the backstory of, like, you know, you guys grew up in, in Philly, right? Was I think Michael is, what, uh, how many years older? And, uh, you know, just how, you know. I'm nine years older. Nine years older, yeah. Did you guys play music yeah. growing up in the center of the, the brothers in the brotherly love town? Or, you know, how, how did this whole thing actually form as a band? Well, it actually has a little bit of a Philly connection because we started writing um, together when I was a, a kid because Michael was already off on a, you know, a successful music career and and, and he was playing in, in, in bands and playing in and around and recorded stuff and was playing in Philly. And, you know, of course, you know, you look up to your older brother. So I started writing songs in my head and having lyrics and I would bring them to him and he would uh, kind of help me form them into, into songs. So we started demoing some of those. And we probably had, had written about 10 songs together and, over the years. And in the 90s, uh, a friend of ours heard the demo. Uh, we had both long since left Philly. I mean, you know, I left, both of us, I guess, left Philly in the 70s. But in the early 90s, our friend heard, heard the demo and said, why don't you come down to Philly and do a Bacon Brothers show, quote unquote. And uh, so basically, we became the Bacon Brothers. The Bacon Brothers wasn't really our idea. It was our friend Harry's idea. And um, we played the one show down in Philly. And, and then somebody kind of called up and said, hey, would you play another one? And that's just kept rolling on from there. 
Awesome. How do you guys split the load on stage? I know you guys can both sing, you can both strum, but what do you think each of you brings? You know, what what does Michael well, actually answer answer it about about each other? That's probably the best way. So let's ask Michael. What does Kevin bring to the live stage persona? And then follow it up, Kevin. I want you to to say what you think Michael is. You know, what's his element there? Well, the uh, the most important thing is he's a wonderful songwriter and a great singer and a great partner and um, you know. Songwriting is a very strange thing because it's self-revelatory, and uh, it's always interesting when we'll go through something on the road, you know, some experience of some kind, and a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, I'll hear Kevin singing a song and say, "Oh yeah, I was there when that happened." So that's that's pretty neat. The uh, the other thing that's nice is Kevin's really a front man. He's a natural-born front man. I'm really not. To me, playing music on stage is more of a learned experience. So I think what you do is you get brothers who are really, you know, who are brothers and close, but really very different. And I think people like the idea that we're not kind of clone, we're not Millie Vanilli, where, you know, Kevin kind of does his thing and I do mine. And I think that we we um, uh, collaborate with each other on stage in a really good way. Plus, we have a wonderful band and, uh, you know, they can kind of go wherever we want them to go. Kevin, do you have a, do you have a take on, you know, what you each you know, bring to it? Uh, yeah, well, you know, Michael is a, uh, is, a is again a great, a great songwriter, um, you know, and a fantastic singer. Um, he's the guy on stage that sings in tune, which is uh, always <laughs> helpful. And um, and he um, has a really, really, really vast kind of musical knowledge. Um, you know, he can compose. He can. Uh, right, and he knows has an extremely good understanding of all kinds of you know harmony and counterpoints and all these things that are way you know beyond my skill set. Um, and so in, in the in the I think in the in the when you see the show, um, you know as he said I I I'm a little bit more of a sort of front man kind of show off. And then the real, you know, the musicianship um, comes from him and the rest of the players in the in, in the band. And Mike's going back and forth between acoustic guitar and different kind of, um, you know, finger picking styles, and then electric guitar and uh, and cello and ukulele. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, I think I think that um, as as is the case with you know, any kind of um, band where you have two two different people, there's a lot of people that will sort of, you know, relate to him and his sensibility more and some people that will, you know, relate to my sensibility more. So you kind of, it's kind of the best of both worlds. And just now, in both of your answers, you both mentioned that, you know, the other brother, you said they were great songwriters. Um, what, you God, you've, you've done multiple, multiple albums with so many songs. Um Michael, what is what is your favorite song um, that that you guys have written? Well, it's I, I would have to say uh, it's this song uh, we wrote a long time ago, maybe even before we put the band together, called "Only a Good Woman." And a lot of times in a, a lot of the bands that I've been with in my career, there's you can play a gig and it's not going somewhere. But if if you have that one song that people really like you can kind of resurrect your set from the from the, uh, the the doom and this song is called only good woman and we wrote it together and it has about a zillion words and it's really funny 
and it's really true, and we believe it. And, um, you know, we're, it's still on the set, not every night, but, you know, we're, when, we, when we really want people to have a good time, we'll, we'll uh, stick that out there. It's, it's a great song. Kevin, do you agree that, that that's your best, or is there another, you know, hidden gem or something that you're like, no, we must have on the set every night? Uh, no, uh, we don't, play, no, uh, no, and we don't play only a good woman every night, but, um, not really, Mm-mm. no, I mean, I, I, there's things that are fun for different sorts of reasons, you know, I mean, we have this thing that we were playing a song of, of Mike's called, um, 36 cents, and we've been playing it for a, a, you know, a long time, and, and then we decided to try to play it in the sort of in an unplugged kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then somebody came up with this. It's hard to explain, but it's it's kind of like a a, a little additional um, ending to the song. And all of a sudden, the song that we've been playing for, you know, years uh, became super fun to play again. So, uh, you know, I always look forward to that one just because it's, you know, people really enjoy it. Yeah, what happens is there's an instrumental part, which is, pretty technically difficult and then after the song ends we sort of have a false ending and then we go into the lick again but twice as fast and it's just barely I'm barely able to to keep up with it and it's you know it's it's a real challenge every night to try to chase that tempo of that crazy lick spoiler alert (laughs) spoiler alert right do either of you guys have a what like a turn of phrase, a, a, a lyric, uh, whether it's a you know a regular rhyme or a perfect rhyme, whatever that you know that that you're most that you that you slap the desk and you're like, damn, that I'm damn proud of that one. Oh, a, ly- a, a lyric that we've written. Yeah, lyrically, yeah. Is there something that you want us to like uh, as we, as we're leaving the birch mirror? We're like, damn, that's a good, that's a clever turn of phrase right there. I'll have one. Mine's called "Don't Leave the Lava Lamp On for Me." <laughs> And you can imagine what that's about. I'm not a fan of the 60s, so that's what that song's about. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, is there, what, when you guys were first forming and even through the years, is there, is there any other, you know, bands in a certain genre that you guys, like, have always, like, you know, let's pattern our own stage after this or let's pattern our sound after that? You know, what were sort of your idols growing up in terms of music? You know, our first record was called Faro Soco, which is folk rock soul country, and um, just kind of like a term that we came up with. And I think that it's 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 kind of was kind of a joke because we have had so many different kinds of influences, you know. And there's two of us, and there's an age difference, and so you know, Mike's different influences are different than my influences, and and then it's so many years and then you add to that all the all the players in the band and the different way stuff that they've been kind of you know kinds of music that they've played so we're really kind of like all over the map but i i guess if if we had to pick one band we would say the band only because the band um you know played had a similar kind of instrumentational thing and mostly mostly did or you know um kind of organic sounds with with b3 organ sometimes used you know some horns and went between electric guitars and acoustic guitars and it always had great grooves and and you know an incredible drummer and you know what i mean that 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 kind of stuff um uh is 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 the type of thing that we really aspire to 
Take a load off Fanny. Man, all right. Well, you guys have to redub Easy Rider with your guys, you know, songs on there. No one will know the difference. Um, all right. Well, um, uh, speaking of movies, Kevin has a lot of roles, but a lot of people may not know Michael. You won an Emmy for the score for TV's uh, Kennedys. Um, take, take me into how awesome it was. Well, not only to be recognized. I know awards are just, you know, throwaway things sometimes, and uh, artists don't really care about them so much. But uh, just, you know, to be recognized and, and, you know, what you were going for in writing that score. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, it was um, first of all the, the the film itself did really the TV show did really well, which sort of drags a lot of the, the contributors along with it. Um, but it was um, four hours, and a lot of the work I did was these long form documentaries where it might there might be thirty pieces of music per hour. So if you multiply that by four, well over a hundred cues that have to be written and approved and produced and edited and all that kind of stuff. Um, as far as the award goes, it's it's, uh, it's nice because it it immediately defines me as having won something. But I I have to say at the same time that it doesn't really get you any work, and I, <laughs> you know I'm proud of having it. But to me, that was in the past, and I I'm ready for my next one. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. I know the awards really don't really matter anything. Um, so I've I've prom- promised myself I'd limit myself to one movie question for you, Kevin. Uh, just to wrap it up here, so my listeners don't kill me. But um, do you have a role? Not even, not even, not not even talking awards here, because I know you won the Globe for taking chance. But um, do you have a role you are most proud of of all the genres? Do you have a personal role where you look back on and say, "I I did my best work there"? You know, not really. Uh, I first off, I mean, I have to say, I'm 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 I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time in the rearview mirror. You know, I really. I, I try to, uh, I haven't gotten to the point in my life where I'm, I'm ready to just sort of look back, you know, I'm, I'm looking down, down the road and, and I'm hoping that the best part is in front of me. I love it. But there's, there's nothing for a cool radio soundbite that you had a good, at least a good on set time doing or <laughs> anything like that. Well, um, you know, I mean, I had a great time making the movie, uh, diner. Um, we were, um, young guys and um down in baltimore having a lot of fun and and uh i had a great time making mystic rivers uh those were those are both really really fun um experiences uh you know it's it's it's, it's strange because you know the it, there's the there's the making of it and then there's the actual film itself you know and those are two different things um the memory of it and the, and the actual uh, what actually ended up on the screen. And sometimes you can have a great time and make a lousy movie, and sometimes you can have a lousy time and make a great movie. You never know. Right, right. Well, thanks for all the, the movie memories and also the music memories now, everybody. Um, so we'll cut you loose. But thanks so much again, guys. Um, again, it's Bacon Brothers at the Birchmere. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.